Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is June 12th. In 1997, Treasury Secretary Robert E. Rubin and Federal Reserve Board Chairman Alan Greenspan announced today that the United States will issue a redesigned $50 note that includes a feature making the note more accessible to all users of U.S. currency, especially the aging population and low vision community. The new note will be issued in the fall of 1997 and is the second in the U.S. currency to include new modified security features to stay ahead of advances in reprographic technology. The redesigned $50 note and consequent denominations include a dark, large numeral on the light background of the back of the note that will make it easier for the more than 3.7 million Americans with low vision to denominate the note. The features will also be useful for the 10 million Americans with milder forms of visual impairment and other users of U.S. currency in low-light situations. In a January 1995 study solicited by the Treasury Department's Bureau of Engraving and Printing, the National Academy of Sciences recommended incorporation of the feature. Last year's introduction of a new design was a critical and effective step in an ongoing process to maintain the security of the nation's currency as technologies such as color copiers, scanners, and printers become more sophisticated and accessible. In the New New Note's first year, the U.S. Secret Service identified counterfeit series 1996 $100 notes only one-eighteenth as often as older series 100s. By the end of the first year, however, new series notes represented over a third of all 100s in circulation. The additional features for those with low vision to identify readily the note's denomination is equally significant. All consequent denominations, $20, $10, etc., will include this low vision feature as will future designs of the $100 note. The redesigned 20 will be issued next year. With this redesign, the government demonstrates its ability to stay ahead of the technology curve and meet the needs of all those people around the world who use and trust our currency, Secretary Rubin said. At the same time, the new notes will retain their basic American look and feel. The new series $100 bill was issued in March of 1996. Like the $100 note, this new $50 note will replace the older series notes gradually in circulation. As older notes reach the Federal Reserve from depository institutions, they will be replaced by the newer notes. About $46.5 billion in $50 notes is currently in circulation. Secretary Rubin and Chairman Greenspan stressed the United States will not recall or devalue any of the existing currency. We expect a smoother transition of introduction processes as we experienced last year when millions of users of U.S. currency embraced the new $100 notes, Greenspan said. As with the new $100 note, older notes will not be recalled or devalued. In order to make room for the new features, the overall architecture of the note has been changed somewhat and the borders simplified. Microprinting and security threads, which first appeared in the 1991 series currency, have been effective deterrents and will appear in the new notes. In addition to the low vision feature on the back of the note, the $50 looks different in several other ways. The engraving of the Capitol has been enlarged to include more detail and reflects an accurate contemporary view of the west front of the Capitol. The security thread images and characters are also printed in two different heights. Over $400 billion in U.S. currencies in circulation, two-thirds of it overseas. 
The U.S. Information Agency and U.S. Consular Posts around the world will help educate foreign users of U.S. currency about the redesigned program. And in 1987, one of his most famous Cold War speeches, President Ronald Reagan challenged Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev to tear down the Berlin Wall as a symbol of the repressive communist era in a divided Germany. In 1945, following Germany's defeat in World War II, the nation's capital, Berlin, was divided into four sections, with the Americans, British, and French controlling the western region and the Soviets gaining power in the eastern region. In May 1949, the three western sections came together as the Federal Republic of Germany, West Germany, and the German Democratic Republic, East Germany, being established in October of that same year. In 1952, the border between the two countries was closed, and by the following year, East Germans were prosecuted if they left their country without permission. In August 1961, the Berlin Wall was erected by the East German government to prevent its citizens from escaping to the West. Between 1949 and the wall's inception, it's estimated that over 2.5 million East Germans fled to the West in search of a less repressive life. With the wall as a backdrop, President Reagan declared to West Berlin crowd in 1987, there is one sign the Soviets can make that would be unmistakable that would advance dramatically the cause of freedom and peace. He then called upon his Soviet counterpart, Secretary General Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union in Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Reagan then went on to ask Gorbachev to undertake serious arms reduction talks with the United States. Most listeners at the time viewed Reagan's speech as a dramatic appeal to Gorbachev to renew negotiations on nuclear arms reductions. It was also a reminder that despite the Soviet leaders' public statements about a new relationship with the West, the U.S. wanted to see action taken to lessen Cold War tensions. Happily for Berliners, though, the speech also foreshadowed events to come. Two years later, on November 9th of 1989, a joyful East and West Germans did break down the infamous barrier between East and West Berlin. Germany was officially reunited on October 3rd, 1990. Gorbachev, who had been in office since 1985, stepped down from his post as Soviet leader in 1991. Reagan, who served two terms as president from 1981 to 89, died on June 5th, 2004, at the age of 93. And finally... In 1917, Constantine I, the king of Greece from 1913 to 1917 and from 1920 to 1922. His neutralist but essentially pro-German attitude during World War I caused the Western allies and the Greek opponents to depose him in 1917 and, having lent himself to Greece's disastrous policy of territorial expansion into Antonia after his restoration, he again lost his throne in 1922. Constantine, the eldest son of King George I of the Hellenists, received his higher education in Germany. Although the troops under his command were defeated by the Greco-Turkish War of 1897, and he, as commander-in-chief of the army, failed to unite Crete with Greece in 1909, Constantine restored his reputation during the Balkan Wars of 1912 and 13 and succeeded his father to the throne on March 6 of 1913. The brother-in-law of the German Emperor William II, he was determined to keep Greece neutral after the outbreak of World War I, whereas Prime Minister Venizelos backed the Allied cause. The Allied co- occupation of Thessaloniki and Venizelos formation of a separate pro-Allied government and an Allied demand for his abdication finally forced Constantine to turn power over to his second son on June 12. 1917, without, however, renouncing his titular right. On Alexander's death and Vanzilios' 
fall from power, Constantine was recalled from exile by plebiscite. He had to pursue Venzelos anti-Turkish policies, which led to a catastrophic war in Antalya in 1922. A military revolt cost him his throne for the second time, and he abdicated on September 27th of 1922 in favor of his eldest son, who became King George II. You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com The new $50 bill at home.treasury.gov The Berlin Wall at History.com and Greece's King Constantine I at Britannica.com The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.